0: It's great to be with uh, Colton and and, uh, Morgan and and, uh, Ed and and all uh, all our friends and Bill and and some friends from Brazil that are here here today. Dios te soy. Okay, I got it right. God bless you guys. It's good to have you here. And uh, great to be in a place that's full and vibrant, uh, full of the Holy Spirit. I've got a word for you today. In fact, it's just my prayer is that what happens here today is you take this and it's imprinted that, that it's actually something you remember on Tuesday. It's just one point. Got a couple things and then one point. All right? In fact, it's, it's short enough you could actually write it down. So turn to the person next to you and say, put this in your phone. Put this in your phone. I'm not going to give it to you yet. We do have a ministry to uh, men uh, in 134 nations of the world, about 900,000 men every month going through these materials in which our goal is to see men discipled and men matured. And uh, our, my heart uh, is that every child deserves a loving dad. Amen. 220 million children this year will be mistreated, abused, neglected worldwide. And I believe that if we change the hearts of men and raise up dads, come on somebody, we'll change the future of the world. So when we do this ministry to men, and Colton, and Doug, and Ed, and Bill, and everybody's part of that thing, it's not just like, hey, that's a nice little sidebar thing. It is the center of the will of God, because the, the, the Bible says the whole earth cries out for a father. And I believe that's the cry of every person's heart. And, and as we raise up men, whether they're single or married, or uh, whatever their situation is, like, we raise up men, it changes The world. When we touch the hearts of men, we touch the soul of a nation. And all the women said, Amen. 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 Nineteen sixty-four, January of that year, there was a man by the name of James Stockdale. He was vice admiral, the Air Force, or in the Navy, and he was a Navy aviator, and he was the first and the highest ranking man ever shot down over Vietnam. Landed in Vietnam over the next years, he was abused, mistreated tortured. And after eight years, James Stockdale Stockdale came free. He was uh, set free. And a reporter met him as he flew into Andrews Air Force Base. And the reporter said, well, you must have been full of optimism to get out. You must have been optimistic optimistic and it carried you. He said, no, the optimist died He said, you see, the optimist thought, I'll be out by Christmas, and Christmas came and went. They weren't out. I'll be out by Easter, and Easter came and went. And he said, finally, the optimist died of a broken heart. See, optimism is an emotion. James Stockdale looked at the reporter and said, but what I had in me was faith. And faith doesn't quit. And faith holds on. And faith in the face of fear, wins. In the same way that light always defeats darkness, faith always defeats fear. Let's turn to somebody and say, this is gonna be really good for you. This is gonna be really good for you. (laughs) See, faith never gives up. Fear gives up. Fear is one of, the, one of the most powerful tools that the enemy uses against you and me every single day. 86,000 thoughts coming across our mind every day, and so many of them negative. It's a powerful tool. We live in a negative world. We're negative by nature. Uh, the, the political race that's going on right now, a uh, little bit negative. What do you think? negativity why because we easily are attracted to negativity because we're negative by nature see when we come become a follower of christ we're instantly grafted into the vine we're instantly adopted into his family but there is a process everybody say process. process there is a process of conversion come on there's a process how many of us are in process turn to the guys next to you and say, you should have raised your hand, because I know you. You are in pro- If anybody's in process, bro, it's you. Right? We are in process. And that process is moving from negative to positive. It's moving from the kingdom of darkness to light. It's that process that takes us from when somebody cuts us off on this freeway, which seems to happen a lot. that we don't wave at them, saying, you're number one. Come on, somebody. You're not all, you know, you know,
1: know, know. we're tracking.
0: You say, well, there's somebody that needs Jesus, right? There's somebody who's not having a good day. There's somebody who's having an issue. There's something going on in this person's life. Somebody, you know, the, the clerk is surly or something. You're like, you know, you don't get upset. You're like, you know what? This is a person who needs Jesus. This is a person. People, your neighbors, right? that need Jesus. And the negativity of this world would cause us to be at odds with other people. When God, when Jesus, when God through his son Jesus told us, there's just two things you need to do, love God and love people. Right? And one guy goes uh, to Jesus, well, who's my neighbor? And he goes, I don't know, look at the guy next to you. Right? Who's my neighbor? That person. Luke 21 says there'll be signs in the sun and the moon, the stars on the earth, distress of nations. Jesus talking about the last days, perplexity, waves roaring, men's hearts failing them from fear and the expectation of those things which are coming on the earth for the powers of heaven will be shaken. The Bible says, and Jesus said, men's hearts will fail them. Why? Because of fear. And then the next part is, and because of the expectation. Of what's going to happen. You see, faith is believing what you cannot see will come to pass. Fear is believing what you cannot see will come to pass. See, the difference is the kingdom that they emanate from. Faith comes from the kingdom of heaven, fear from the kingdom of the fallen one, right? Yeah, thanks. I got one guy, it's good. All right, I got one, I got one. All right. So what happens is fear can actually stop us from going after our dreams. John 10.10, and I can give it to you guys, so it's like I'm doing stuff that wasn't on the deal, so you guys do doing an awesome job back there. Give everybody back there, tech crew, a hand. John 10.10 says, and you know well the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but Jesus said, I have come to give you life, and life to the fullest, more abundant. Well, when it says steal, kill, and destroy, what's he talking He's talking about your dreams. Ephesians 2.10, the thing you were designed to be. That's right. yeah. Men want to know, what do I do? Better question is, why are you here? Because why you're here then brings about the definition of who am I? My definition, my purpose, my raison d'etre. And so now, then from there comes, what do I do? That's why the Bible tells us to guard our hearts in Proverbs 4, because from our hearts comes what we do with our hands. Men's hearts fail them because of fear. The enemy's trying to put fear on us, fear and temptation, two of the, an accusation, some of the tools of the enemy, right? And fear is one of those big ones, because we get anxious, we get stressed. We're like, I don't know. First Timothy 1.7, the Lord says, The Lord has not given you a spirit of fear, but what? Power, love, sound mind. That means wisdom. What's wisdom? Wisdom is knowing the right thing to do at the right time. That's wisdom. Wisdom comes from being spiritually mature. Maturity is doing the right thing at the right time, even when the, even when the context and the emotions of the moment would cause you to do something else. Romans, are you, you writing that down? It's actually on a, it's like on video. Hey, everybody at home. How you guys doing? (laughs) Romans 6.10, the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. If you're a follower of Christ, you were given the fullness of the spirit, not just a little bit, right, Bill? Not just a little like, hey, here's a little bit, I'll see how you do with it. It Says the fullness, everything, bam, now. Okay, here, okay, now we're coming up to the point of today. This is awesome write this down it's one phrase this is the one point, one point I am right now I am right now everybody say it I am, I am. right now, right now. I, am I am right now let me set the scene so Jesus has a best friend in fact he's such a close friend he didn't make him a disciple because he needed somebody to hang out with and he's a guy named Lazarus he didn't want to have to be on when they're hanging so like he could hang with Lazarus and go you know if if uh, if uh, John, James and John's if their mom shows up one more time they're both out <laughs> right you know like we're like you should have seen it he was walking on the water and then boom and Lazarus was like what'd you do i don't know i let him sit there for a minute and then i think <laughs> you know what i mean you got to have somebody you can hang out with right dr terry you got to have somebody like you're not on and that's lazarus for jesus and he hung out at his house he hung out with him a lot because he had two sisters—one who could cook and one who was dangerous. So, <laughs> so now Lazarus gets sick. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus—true. Yeah. Jesus is about uh, like a few hours walk away, and and word is sent to Jesus, hey Lazarus, the guy you love, the dude's sick, and so they he tells him, and they tell him in the, like his his. Disciples are there, right? And they tell him, hey, your guy is sick. And Jesus is like, cool. And they go, no, no, we should go. He goes, no, 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 I got it. See, everything God does has a strategy. Everything. And those men who are being commissioned here in the next few moments, who have gone through all the materials, know that it's wisdom produces a strategy. Victory always comes from a strategy. And victory is always on the other side of a fight. Can I get an amen? amen? Which is actually in this book that my wife's husband wrote. Fantastic book. I want to talk about your own stuff. You know, so that guy wrote a great book. And the story of Stockdale's in there and the Stockdale paradox and all that. Now, so here's, so here's the scene. And so Jesus waits. This is unbelievable. He's a few hours walk away, and he waits four days to show up, and Lazarus dies. He's, you know, in, I was in New Jersey, and they, they go, you know, he wasn't just dead. He was dead, dead. That's a Jersey thing. I'm not sure what that, it's not just, it's a make sure thing, I guess. It's not just that he's dead, dead. So Lazarus is dead, dead. In fact, in the Jewish culture, you wait four days and in fact, the spirit's already left the body. So, so now Jesus shows up and Martha comes to the door or to, meets him as he's walking up. Isn't, okay, that's, everybody got the scene? This is not the message translation. Now, here we go. John 11, verse 21, 22. Martha said, so Martha meets him. Look at this. Martha meets him out there on the road. Like she runs out to meet him. Like she's not happy. Martha said, look at Jesus. Who's Jesus? The son of God, Messiah, like, right? And she gets in his face. Master, if you'd been here, my brother wouldn't have died. pretty strong. Even now I know that whatever you ask God, he will give you. So she like tries to fix it. Yeah. Like she's mad. You ever do that? Like you're mad and then you go, yeah, but I, I love you anyway. You know? <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, hey, but you look great today. You know, it's like, you know what I mean? It's, uh, you should, now she's trying to fix it. And then Jesus said, your brother will be raised up. This is awesome. This is awesome. Martha replied, yeah, I know. He'll be raised up in the resurrection at the end of the time. Now, just stay right there. So now she's like mad again. Yeah, I know. I mean, like, yeah, like later. <laughs> by and by, Right? She's not. <laughs> so this thing comes up. She's so human. We're just human, aren't we? And here's the beauty of this whole transaction is that God can handle your humanity. Like you're upset, like stuff happens, right, Greg? And it's like, "Ah," and it's like, like he can handle that. He made you, he knows your stuff. In fact, he knows your stuff so well, you might as well just be honest. Right? And so, uh, I, I know, during the resurrection, we end up, okay, next verse. You don't have to. This is so awesome. This is Jesus. You don't have to wait for the end. Look at this next word. Say it with me. I am. Right now. I am. Right now. I am. Right now. When? Right now. Do you have to? Do you have to like do something? Do you have to qualify? Do you have to somehow live a certain way that that God shows up? Do you have to like? Like, did we sing so well that the Holy Spirit showed up? I mean, You, you know what I'm saying? In other words, God was here before we showed up. Yeah. Yeah. So all the music did, the oil of the soul, all the music did was just open us up to the fact that he's here. His presence. Right? Just, pff, whoa. You're everywhere. Like, like eternity is just right here. Like if we're here, it's just right there. I am right now. Let's, in fact, let's read this whole thing uh, out loud and together. Ready? Go. You don't have to wait for the end. I am right now resurrection and life. The one who believes in me, even though he or she dies, will live. And everyone who lives believing in me does not ultimately die at all. Do you believe this? Come on, somebody. Say it again. I am right now. I am right now. There's so many different translations. There's so many different things, but this is the one that just, it just rocked me when I was reading this a few years ago. It just grabbed me. Where's God? Where's God in my life right now? So I am right now. Where's hope? I am right now, right? Where's peace in a world of chaos? I am right now. So when all this stress and all this, these voices and all this stuff starts getting on you Tuesday afternoon, come on, somebody. Just speak to it and say, I am right now, resurrection and life. Jesus is with me right now. Greater is he who is in me than he who is in the world. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Come on, just speak the word over your life. That's what prophesy means in Acts 2.17. It says, in the last days, pour out my spirit. Sons and daughters will do what? Prophesy. It doesn't mean the gift of prophecy. It means speak life. Ezekiel thirty-seven. It's fantastic. This is so good. Because what happens is we, we, we I can talk. I mean, I can't, I'm talking. Maybe it's 170 words a minute. You can read about 200 words a minute. But self-talk, it's like talking to yourself, is about 400 to 500 words a minute. Like right now you got other stuff going on while I'm talking. I know that. It's okay. I do too. Right? You're thinking, okay, where are we going to lunch? You know, hey, this is really good. Yeah, I think we'll go there. Right? Self-talk. So what happens is the story we tell ourselves about ourselves is our identity. And the Bible teaches us, and Jesus taught us, that our identity is found in Christ. So when we find our identity in him, we begin to speak to ourselves words of life rather than the negative stuff the culture has taught us. If, this, if identity is the story you tell yourself about yourself, most of us are telling ourselves stories that somebody else wrote the lyrics to. That's the process of conversion. That's, the pro, that's why you get in the word. That's why... Pastor David is so adamant about, about coming and getting in the anointing and getting in the spirit and getting in the flow, getting it in us. Just a couple more things about the one point. What's the point? I am. Right now. I was in uh, southern Israel on assignment and, uh, and then we went up into it and it was Hezbollah uprising and some stuff. Well, rockets were coming in and all that kind of thing was going on. And uh, so I I arrived in uh, just south of Nazareth uh, where a Katusha rocket had come. And and in fact, we got there just as the paramedics got there. And a 15-year-old young girl uh, was about to go sit down with her family. Her family was sitting down in one part of the house as an Arab Christian family. And the the 15-year-old girl had been late for dinner. And when the Katusha rocket came through their house, it sent pieces and shards of glass to the direction of her bedroom, and she, she died. And I it got there, and there was still blood on the dad's, I'll never forget it, I remember the blood on the dad's shirt, paramedics are taken her, his brother hadn't gotten there yet, family, and all I could do is, I'm in there as a journalist, but all I could do is put my arm around him, you know? And it's called asymmetrical warfare, and what it means is it's random, it comes from different places, you don't know where it's coming from, and that's what terrorists practice in. And so you can have one little thing that happens to a few people someplace and then a million people get upset about it, right? Or millions of us. We see a a bomb hit an apartment building in Kiev and we're thinking about what's happening here, right? That's asymmetrical warfare. And that's what the enemy uses to try to defeat us with fear. And that's why we have to speak faith, on a regular basis. I am right now. Romans 8. Yet in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death nor life nor angels, principalities, powers, nor things present, things to come, height, depth, or any created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. I am right now. Hey, Candy, come on up to the keyboard thing. Give me that little deal that makes everybody think I'm closing. It's a little preacher trick. We're going we're gonna to commission some men in just a few moments who have, who have walked through uh, a discipleship process and, and, and arrived at a place that pastor and, and uh, the leaders have signed off and said these men have done the work it's a two- to three-year process, and going through materials, being discipled. They shared things. We sat last night and shared some stories. It's truly amazing. What was really remarkable about that story, those stories that I heard last night, uh, there was this time where these two men in the book of Acts named Paul and Silas, and they're out being evangelists and preaching, and uh, they got arrested, and they got put in jail. And it says in the middle of the night, they began to uh, sing. You know this story? You know this story of Paul and Silas? And they're singing in the middle of the night, man. Like, they're in the depth. These, the, back then, the jail would have been carved out of the side of a mountain in, in rock. And so they're in the depths of this thing. And there's all these other jail cells there. They begin singing in the middle of the night, just singing hymns, man. This is, <laughs> this is, that is pretty stout, right? And they start singing. And then there's an earthquake, and their chains come off. The cell door opens. They come walking out. Now, here's what's amazing about that moment. Is all of the other cells also opened up. And chains came off those people, too. Watch this. So the jailer's now concerned, like, whoa, everybody's out. But here's the point. All those other people had their breakout because Paul and Silas had their breakout. So there are people in your life that when you find this breakout, when you find this Jesus, and the stories I heard last night about changes, and the beautiful lady that stood at the table with Judy and I this morning and said, when I saw these books come to my house about a year and a half ago, I thought, this is awesome. She said, you know, my husband was awesome. He was great, but I've seen even better changes. You see, when when our lives change, it begins to change everybody around us because light always displaces darkness. When we leave here today, we don't turn the dark switch on. It's like, hey, turn the dark switch on when you leave. What do you do? You turn off The light. Why? Because if there's a dark room, you turn on the light. And I am right now is a light switch. And in our lives, we turn on the light. Jesus said, I am right now the light, the resurrection, and the life. And when you have your breakthrough, people around you will find their breakthrough. A friend of mine, Otto Kelly, uh, Otto says it this way. He's former football, NFL player and stuff. Otto stands up and he says, when you were created, he said, God was thinking of somebody you would meet. I think of the man I met, Daniel in Da Nang, uh, where we're, we're doing so much ministry in Vietnam. And I, and I met Daniel and we sat at coffee. Everybody stand up with me. And we're gonna commission these guys in just a moment. In fact, let's, let's get the commission guys in place. Okay. Met this young man named Daniel, and, and uh, so Daniel had started a church about five years ago, and, and just went up and started telling people about Jesus. And and uh, I said, well, you know, how'd it go? He said, about 40 people became followers of Christ, and we started meeting in this house, and then we had to move to a bigger place. He said, about three years ago, the police noticed us and started harassing us, and he said they throw dead fish in this new we had this little building we rented. They throw dead fish in there and stuff. And I said, dude, that was three years ago. Said, I said, did that just happen for a while? He goes, no, they still do it. They check everybody's IDs, they they harass us, they they park their vehicles right in front of the building. And they do all this stuff. I said, Man, that's harsh. Now I've got this like like this American filter. And I'm thinking, well, I guess nobody's showing up now. And I said, Well, how's it going now? He says He says, man, we got over 300 people coming to church now. See, that's the light. What I want to pray right now and pray into your life is the I am right now. In fact, there may be some of us here this morning, and you would say, I don't have that light. Every single promise in the Word of God belongs to those who are followers of Jesus Christ. Every single one. But I don't care if you have Psalm 23 on your dashboard and on your refrigerator and and on your vanity mirror unless you're a follower of Christ. It's not activated. This morning as we pray, the next few moments as Pastor David prays, you pray with him. And then we're going to commission some guys. But right now, you can activate the I am right now in your life. Pastor Dave, come on up and just pray that prayer, and then we'll do this.
1: All right, there's a lot of us that need the I am right now, and I feel more than ever, every minute of my day, I need him. And there's not one of us in here this morning that doesn't need him in every breath that we take in every second of the day. And some of us are going through harder things than others. Some of you are facing real challenges. In this world, you'll have trouble, but take heart. He's overcome the world. He is the I am right now. Yeah. He is the one that comes to save and heal and rescue you when you need him the most. What he really looks for is our response. And is the response, Lord, I believe it now, or yeah, someday. Mm -hmm. Because we often live in the tomorrow, and then we live in the tomorrow, and then we live in the next season or the next month. And we say, well, when this happens I'll be better you know I'll be able to do more once I get more money or once I get healed or once my marriage or the truth is is there's always something and we say in five years well five years comes and goes and then we find ourselves saying next season next season next season this is a word for every single one of us what we have to do is lay down the pride and any facades and just be real and I try to be really real as a pastor so that you can understand, look, we're all in it together. All of us are facing trials, tribulations, hardship, and trouble. And and we're all as equally desperate. We're all as equally desperate. And so I challenge you to just be honest with him right where you stand. We can't do a big altar call right now because we're gonna commission some men, but this was an amazing word. This was an amazing word. Faith always speaks louder than fear. And we have learned here, never, never, ever, ever, ever let the voice of the devil go unanswered. Never let the voice of the devil go unanswered. And faith always speaks back. And I say to the devil, whatever you're offering, I'm not not eating. I'm not eating. And if you have eaten, the good news is there's mercy and grace and forgiveness, and you need it. And I suggest you cry out for it. So let's pray. And I would challenge anyone bold enough, lift your hands up to the Lord. This is an act of surrender. So when you're really surrendering, it's like, get your hands up. This is a Holy Ghost stick up. All right? So Lord, we just come to you the great I am you're everything at all times when we need you the most Lord you're our everything when we need you the most God and we cry out to you this morning you're the I am right now the resurrection you are the resurrection in the life now we don't have to wait lord we need you we need you god we cry out in desperation and in mercy lord have mercy for our children our marriages and our families these men the men lord raise them up mighty warriors in the kingdom and i thank you so much lord for what you're doing in our lives i thank you for your faithfulness and i thank you god that you're always there when we need you the most, and that's right now. Lord, I ask for forgiveness. We receive the forgiveness that was provided on the cross, Lord. But we also say, Lord, forgive us. Have mercy. Have mercy on us. Have mercy on our nation. Have mercy, God, on all the sin issues in our community, in our neighbors and around us. Lord, have mercy. And use us, Lord, to be a bright light and to speak life in power and truth and love to everyone we encounter. To be real and raw and authentic and to stop hiding behind religious masks. Help us, Lord, to be genuine, God, and authentic in everything we say and do, Lord. Let your life and your power rule through us. It's not by our great words. It's not by man's wisdom or excellent of speech, but it's by your power, Lord. We need you. We need your power, God. Please, Lord. Please, God. We're desperate. And we thank you. We thank you so much. Just say thank you for a moment. We're so grateful, God. We're so grateful. Thank you, Lord. Thank you so much, Lord. Thank you so much. Oh, man.